Hey, Rach, blue Hi. screen of death. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been one of those kind of days, TC. Oh, mate. Oh, mate. Hugh, any blue screens? No, my screens are all coloured and filled with news. Oh, good. <laughs> Sorry, news. News. Right, okay. Not, not news. <laughs> not news. <laughs> That's what I thought you said. Um, that, makes my, that would make my uh, work colleagues a little uncomfortable, I imagine. So. <laughs> I've been working on the Daily Star, so I don't know what to say. Yeah. Um, should we go on with it? Let's do it. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you brilliant. Did see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him for funny Yes, around. that was brilliant. Hello. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Nemeth. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 59 of the Real Reading Podcast. Uh, we've got usual features, including a new one, which I just made up, um, cool, and that's Fact of the Week, which is Rachie's thing. Have you got a fact, Rach? I, I have got a thing. Okay, yeah. you've got a thing. Why is that a new thing? It's not a new thing. I meant I've got a new thing, but it's not the new thing that's Fact of the Week. The Fact of the Week is the old thing. Oh, uh, right. But okay. I've got a new thing. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Uh, and for Explains It All Q, which is about this week... Hey... A well-known and well-established business that is eventually going to leave Reading. Oh, no. Not the fish man. Not the fish man, no. Oh, okay. Phew. Okay, not the fish man. Oh, is it worse? Well, it employs employs a lot more people than the fish man. Okay. Think of the fish. Um, You can check out our new podcast website at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch, here's Jeremy with How You Can. Get in touch with the team. Find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Um, I still haven't seen him in London. I'm supposedly in the same office as him and I've still not seen him. When I do, I'm going to post a picture all over social media. It'll just be me you and... Have a lunch date? No, I don't know. I've got his phone number as well. I don't, oh, haven't seen him. Silly. He doesn't exist, does he? He does. He's real. No. He's real. No. We saw him by the cow picture, remember? Yeah. Yes. That's air quotes, Jeremy. <laughs> um, so, new features. I thought I'd try out some new things on our Facebook page, which is a Facebook group called The Real Reading Podcast Facebook group, really imaginatively. That is well thought up. I know. Innovation. Smashing. The home of innovation. So I posted a couple of things. One did really well. We'll come back to that one later. One I just posted this afternoon, about half an hour ago, and has had some responses, which are quite like... And I just was thinking about all the old shops that used to be in Reading. Okay. And it was all one, of them. All of them, yeah. In every one go. single one. Yep. <laughs> wow. Um, Encyclopedic knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that I thought was... But the one you're always banging on about, Hugh, uh, the Virgin Megastore. Yes. Uh, so I put a picture up of the Virgin Megastore where it was based at Broad Street Mall. Yeah. Uh, and I just said, uh, I asked people their, fir- their memories, their, the first memory that comes to mind when they see the picture of the Virgin Megastore. And do you want to know what people said? Because we got some responses. Metallica albums. Did they buy their first t- Metallica album? <laughs> on cassette and heavy metal t-shirts. God, I'm boring. And massive A3 posters. Yes. yes. Not A3, big. In a big, big, in a big thing stuck on the wall, which you yeah. used to flick through like yes. a Oh, I remember those. And you spent those. hours. <laughs> and occasionally, so if you were if you were a sort of hormonal teenage boy, you would occasionally get a slightly uh, 
uh, one of a model racy. Or racy, racy, racy is the word exactly. And you, the, you, yeah, and you try to look it at at it without yeah, like showing no the rest see. of the shop. Oh, leave it! This is a family shop. Oh, well, yeah, John Bon Jovi in there, what? I'm sure as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yes. Oh. Hair and... So, um, just a couple of the Virgin Megastore that facts. Tom excited. Oh, I'm say this, I'm going to see Bon Jovi next Friday. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Look at his little face. I'm so ding, excited. Ding. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I just have a quick look at uh, facts about the Virgin Megastore. Um, I couldn't see when exactly it opened, but according to an article by Hugh Fort, uh, it opened in the 1990s. Must be true, then. Must be true. Yep, mm-hmm. obviously. Factual yeah. journalism. Didn't yep. bother to actually find out the date or, you know, the year or anything like that. 1990s. 90s. Yeah, well, I distinctly remember going to it in 1992. Great, okay. Yeah. Um, and it closed in 2006, where it was taken over by the Zavi Group. Or Zavi Group were a bunch of people who used to work at Virgin Megastore and went, we want to take over the Virgin Megastore. Unsurprisingly, three years later... It turned out it wasn't so good and it closed. Oh, so they weren't very business savvy then. Oh dear. Um, what was interesting about that, having a quick look through a couple of BTR, BT, BBC articles that listed all of the closures, um, I couldn't see Reading on the list anywhere. So, I mean, I assume it's still oh, open. Oh yeah, it's, it is there, yeah. Still somewhere. somewhere in that mega bank corp. What's it called? Metro bank. Metro bank. Somewhere in there is like some old CDs and a couple of DVDs and, and a PlayStation 1 game. And some... John Bon Jovi probably yes cassettes (laughs) cassettes so um, anyway I asked people uh, for some memories the first thing they they remembered Um, Steve Lutwich I hope I've pronounced that correctly said um, oh I know him oh do you (laughs) okay you possibly invited our sons are friends aww not our sons your son and Steve let me see the spelling where am I looking there oh yeah how do you say that what you said Lutwich yeah we'll go with that cool um, he said, getting a signed copy of Shed 7's Let It Ride album. Oh. I have a number seven on my shed. Just, for, big, just for fun. Big music fan. Is he? Okay. Um, Paul Smithson said, uh, buying Pop Will Eat Itself CDs and seeing those money pots go through the tubes. Now, bear with me a second, because I'm going to ask you about the money pots. Um, Are they confusing it with Jackson's? I don't think so. Hang on. So there's a, there was a second one. There's some more evidence on this one. Okay. At Henry Schoen on Twitter said, the tubes carrying stuff around the store and queuing for an Ash in-store signing and browsing all the posters upstairs. So there's some sort of tube system a la Jackson's Corner. Yeah. Does it, do you remember this, Hugh? Not in Virgin Megastore. I'm not, yeah, I wouldn't dispute what people I mean, are saying. I, um, obviously, if one person had said it, fine. i go, oh. Okay, and, and I actually I know Paul Smithson myself, and I'd happily, you know. You're gonna vouch for him. No, I wouldn't vouch for him at all. No, oh. no, no. He's, he's a liability. <laughs> um, but since someone else completely unrelated, who I don't know, has said it on Twitter, um, I would suggest that there were flying tubes, and I want to know more. They're definitely in Jacksons, but the ones in Jacksons were the. Um, they were the money shoes. The money when they shoots, went upstairs. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember things flying around in store in Virgin Megastore. But quite possibly. They were. I feel a deep dive coming on. Deep dive. Yes. Yeah. Um, a couple more, just very quickly. We're um, going to have to get the time machine out. Yes. <laughs> All right. I don't, we don't have a jingle for a time machine, it's but I'll think, see what I can do. Yeah. Um, 
at the Mr. Good, sorry, the Good Mr. Brody said in-store performance by Cooper Temple Claws. Now they were Reading, they were Reading band, weren't they? They were Reading band, and I always used to get them mixed up with the Stone Temple Pilots, which <laughs> very much were not at Reading band. They were from um, Seattle, I believe, in America. Oh. But they had the word Temple, and then that that was enough for my tiny brain. And I've saved the best one for last. Uh, at Ashley Pierce, eighty-four, friend of the show, Councillor Ashley Pierce. Councillor Ashley Pierce. Um, he says, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave out the name. Oh, he has put this on Twitter, so it's open to the public, but I won't read out the, the names of the people he's added. But uh, working there for four years uh, with uh, a few other people. Uh, overnight sales changes, working inebriated, which I suggest means um, the drinky drinky, having a few. I think that's what it is. Yeah, okay, just checking. Um, Sunday chart changes. God, remember the charts. Oh, Oh, dear. Uh, Putting inappropriate music on the CD changer. Um, If you want to DM us about what you were putting on, Ashley, that would be great to know. I'm very interested. And always getting KFC for lunch. Gosh. Heady days. Happy days. Gosh, that doesn't sound like the behaviour of someone who went on to become a borough councillor, does it? It doesn't, no. Wild, misspent youth. I think this is a music store... Thing because uh, you may or may not know, my husband Rich um, is, used is he... to be, The reason he moved to Reading in the first place was because FOP were opening the Reading store, so he came to Reading to manage that. What's FOP? What's FOP? Don't you remember FOP? Nope. No. So you know where Primark used to be, and then next to it now there's like a Polish. Yeah. Oh yes, a Polish a deli, deli, I think. Deli yeah. Food yes. Something. It was in there before it was the deli, before it was. Summerfields uh, or whatever it's called. Um, yeah, but the the things that Ashley just described yes. there, Rich has told me many stories <laughs> that are virtually identical. So I think it is uh, okay. well, it's we... a music store fang. Um, I see. I would say it's a it's just a youth thing because uh, similar things used to happen when I used to work at Bracknell Sports Centre. So You didn't do the top ten charts while you were drunk that's true that's true no but there were lots of other things anyway that moving on swiftly so there was a <laughs> there was a, there was a kfc nearby so weren't you a lifeguard yes i yeah, was yeah, yes i was yeah, yes yes fully qualified and uh, nothing ever went wrong so good, um, good. Yeah. bracknell's hasselhoff <laughs> <laughs> he wishes <laughs> I had the he's got the hair, I had the hair he's got it. the hair yeah. <laughs> um thanks guys uh, it's time for fact of the week reading fact of the week Fact of the week time, Rach. Uh, we have a lovely book called Around Reading in 99 or so facts. And, um, I did see said book in my local library last week. Oh, did you? It's did you, still available. Did you walk past it and just went, got? I sort of did, yeah. Yeah, good, I went, good. oh, that might be, no, no, don't need that, got it. What you need to check is if it says part two. Is there a part two? I don't know, but it'd be good if there was. More. More facts. Okay. Right, so... I apologise if I ever repeat any of these because obviously I wasn't here for the first. It's okay. That's true. It's okay. Some of them do have ticks so, next to them, but not all of them. <laughs> this one hasn't. So in my okay. defence, okay. So yeah. <clears throat> the reason I picked this one this week was because I was listening to a rival podcast by one of our favourites, Frank Skinner. Oh yes, big fave. Oh, yes, yeah. Fave. Yeah, he's who we we look to, you know, compete well, with. Tom and I do. Yeah, we do. <laughs> You don't even um, listen to our podcast, let alone anyone else's. Is this a podcast? Yes. I thought it was just us just sitting in a, a room having a chat in an unusually formatted <laughs> way. So Frank made a, a bit of a flippant comment about um, 
like if a town applies for city status and doesn't get it, then they are a bit rubbish. Yes, basically. Fine. Like, okay. who doesn't get it if you apply for it? Yeah. Type comment. Uh, it's not yes, like working I, at McDonald's. Which got me to thinking. I know a so. town that's applied for it many times and not got it. <laughs> so the fact is that Reading is the biggest town in the UK or by population that doesn't have city status. Yes. Okay. So. I mean, this is from an old, old sense of 2011. Has there been one since? I don't no. think so. I think that's so, one of the more recent ones. No, I remember okay. filling it out when I lived in your house. <laughs> so the, the census says that Reading's got a population of just under 220,000 at that point. So it's probably a bit more now, I would imagine. Um, so we are factually the biggest town in the country that isn't a city according to the 2011 census but i suspect it's not far off it is still widely regarded because largely because a lot of the, the very big towns are now cities <laughs> like, yeah so so then i started looking on the tinterweb at sort of how you become um yep. a city right so it's it's a Decided by the monarch at the time, so the Queen, in conjunction with the government, and there's quite a lot of work goes into it if you want to apply to become a city, um, and then it's quite often done in conjunction with um, big royal events. So, so for example, in 2012, I think was the last application that everybody we were the bookies' favourite basically to get it because. Of William and Kate's wedding, and oh, it's a Berkshire thing, and we'll go with the whole, like, because it's quite near to Windsor and all of that. And then, oh no, we didn't get nope. it. No, turned over for we some Welsh to... town called St Asaph, I believe. Oh, really? I, we, I know we lost to Preston and also Ugh. Doncaster. Yes, we did. But I was, the, I wondered, like, what's the point, really? Like, if we'd yeah. got it, what, what, like, what happens? The, what the, makes us any the better? The big questions. The so, big... Dr. Steve Mothson from University of Reading has done research on this. It's just coincidental that he's from Reading. Yeah, yeah. Um, and basically, it, <laughs> it means like naff all, really. You don't get anything. But just by association for being a city, it has sort of shown that it, it does help places buck trends in terms of unemployment and um, sort of growth of industry and that kind of thing. But that is just sort of coincidental by, <laughs> you know. Yes. It doesn't, it's not because you've become a city, you've been given a few million quid or something. It's just how it is. Um, and you don't have to have a cathedral. No, like, commonly misconception. That's what I thought. A massive common no. misconception. Because we're about so, to start the campaign for a Reading Cathedral. No, <laughs> you don't need it. So there's 18 cities in the UK that don't have a cathedral. Preston, I and believe, is... Probably haven't got one. Yeah. It has. Uh, well, I don't know. I didn't go into specifics. Oh. Well, but I there pick... is one town, I can't remember who it was now. Uh, somebody lost their city status through a like back of the sofa. technicality. Yeah. Oh, just oh, gutted. A bit, bit awkward. <sighs> a bit yeah. Can you imagine how Even logistically. Awkward, nobody noticed for three years. So they've changed all the signs. They've expended all the money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the football team. The football team. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh. Changed all the shirts. And, yeah. The and fans started shouting, "Come on, city!" Yes. And now they got to shout, "Come on, town!" So I'd imagine we'll keep applying for it every time the opportunity uh, comes. Uh, uh, we haven't for a while. 
I'm not, and I certainly haven't heard anyone talking about doing it again. Right. So, but can I? Is it better to be a very small, a small city or a big town? Big town. Big town. I, like, I like to say Reading's the biggest town in England. I would not exactly. like to say Reading is a is a possibly bigger than average city that's <laughs> certainly not as big as Birmingham. <laughs> so, um, so you you said Reading Town. There is a Reading City Football Club. Well, yeah, largely I think because there was already a Reading Town football club, so you know. Um, but also, uh, Guildford, I believe, has a cathedral, but is not a city. There are. Have, let me check my notage. There are thirteen such towns who oh, have okay. cathedrals. Boo, Guildford being one of them. And Boom. it only started because Henry VIII um, made an association between there was two or three cities that had cathedrals. Oh, okay. two or three places that he decided were cities they had cathedrals and thereby the association Voila. is done but it wasn't a rule it okay. was just a thing I can tell you that the readers of Get Reading get very annoyed at a particular trait amongst the business community and PR companies who send us things that we publish They which refer to Reading as being, as being a city which it, it is not Correct. and it is slightly Considered to be, I'm not going to say this as my own opinion, but it's considered to be a little bit pretentious to refer to <laughs> something that's not a city as a city. And our readers take take umbrage at this and uh, quite rightly point out that yes. it's a town and it has failed to become a city and so to refer it as a city when, as we've now revealed, it doesn't really mean anything, is a bit unnecessary. Which yeah, Fair enough. Which I'll, yeah. Thanks, guys. Um, that is the end of part one. Um, in part two, we will, as usual, have Fort Explains It All. Rachel, how long have we got? Time check. Ten minutes. Oh, God. Right, okay. It's pretty quick. Better be. Um, okay. This is Fort Explains It All. Welcome back to part two. Uh, we rambled on a little bit there. Sorry about that. Um, it was mostly Hugh, though. So. I do milk these facts, you really don't do. I? I think Hugh that was, used to just read yeah, around and go, back. That one was literally I've two lines. I've done my research. <laughs> that was literally two yeah, lines, I think. Yeah, that's, yeah. Your, that's your mistake, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> research. <laughs> Hugh, so, um, Fort explains it all. What's going on? Um, one of the, the town's most well-known places to work, where I would say... Certainly, many, many people I know have done a stint working at, at the Prudential at some point in their lives in Reading, uh, usually as a temp. Um, and this will suit, not well, not that soon, but will eventually become a bit of a thing of the past because it's Prudential is eventually going to leave. Leave? Reading, leave Reading. To go where? Scotland. Oh. Or London. Okay. Right. So, okay. both easily accessible. So, yes, so the company has announced it is shifting its focus to Scotland, which it calls its home. Um, it's had a office in Reading since the 1960s. So I'd argue that Reading was its home. Well, it was formed it very a long time before it moved to Reading. Okay, okay. fine. Um, and it's been in Reading for many, many years. It's been in that location in Kings Road since the 1990s. Um, it employs 600 people. Right. And it is eventually going to close this office in Reading and other offices around the country in places like Chelmsford and 
various sites in London, although it is keeping another base in London. So, and it's gonna have two, three offices, two of which are in Scotland, one of which is in Edinburgh, the other which is in Stirling in Scotland, which I think might be where it was formed. Right. Um, and keeping another base in London, I guess, for for, for travel and per- travel purposes and all that sort of stuff. And what obviously everyone wants to be in London. Um, when did you say when? Twenty twenty five. If ever, all the, these offices oh, okay. will all be closed by twenty twenty five. So they'll be so a phased approach. It's phased approach, but in the next eighteen months, some of the staff in Reading will be moving. Um, now this. This, I tried to get them to say whether this means anyone's being made redundant. And what, what they were saying is that everyone will be... No. Everyone is offered the chance to work in these new offices. Sterling. So, yes. Yeah, so if you live, you have bought a house in Reading because you work at Prudential and you're suddenly having to move to Sterling, that presents a problem. But... You might make a few quid. Well, yeah. You might get yeah, a bigger house in Stirling. You might get a six bed in, in Scotland <laughs> yeah. for your two bed in Reading, yes, get definitely. Some, get some gates. Um, but, you know, if you've got kids in school and all that sort of stuff, it's, mm. it's not, it's not it's easy. It's a long way away as well. Um, but also, they're keeping a presence in London, so you would suggest that some of the staff from Reading would go work in London. Um, but this actual office, the company will no longer be in Reading by 2025, is the upshot. And there's 600 people who work there. And over the next 18 months, 400 employees from these offices, which are closing, not just Reading, are the first wave of people who are being offered right. the chance to move elsewhere. Um, and then the rest of the employees will gradually move until eventually, eventually the office will be empty and closed. And so there'll be three Prudential offices around the country compared to the seven. Did you bizarre. say why they've decided that? Um, it is a. Is it a cost saving? Is it a consolidation? It's thing? refocusing on Scotland. Um, <laughs> right, okay. uh, yes, but it's it's, mer- it's merging. Well, is that like a pin in a map type decision, or it's where it be Prudential is a Scottish company, um, cost and most of the large bulk of the staff of Prudential already work in Scotland, from what they say. So, okay. it's a consolidation, but I couldn't draw them on on reductions of staff, but. Or, or on redundancies, but, but it may if you're being a little bit cynical, well, salaries maybe. Well, if you're being cynical as well, you're giving some people a six-year option to find a new job if they don't want to go and work in any of the other locations. So, so, so they're they not will off, leave off their own back potentially. Yes, redundancy. Yes, um, yeah. I can. I asked them, and they wouldn't be drawn whether there are redundancies, but maybe. Down the line, there may be maybe some, but at this time, it's quite an early stage in this particular project. Um, and they said everyone will get an opportunity to work elsewhere. Mm. Okay. So yeah, but this uh, this lovely office that everyone knows will eventually be empty. So whether that turns into flats or another of it office, it'll be <laughs> flats. Um, just to lighten the mood on that a little bit, do you remember the old classic Prudential adverts that were like? I want to be a tree. Yes. They were brilliant. Oh. They were absolutely... And it, uh, it had, a little um, girl, oh, I want I to be wa- a tomato. Yes. <laughs> I want to be taller. And it had that guy after Fast Show, who's quite famous now, whose name I've forgotten, he, he said, we want to be having a baby. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, that was, with Mark Williams. Mark Williams. Yes, that was it. Fellow, that yeah. was it. 
That was it. They were great. We should look out some of those. For anyone who's listening who's under the age of 35, The Far Show was a show that was <laughs> a TV show from the ni- late 1990s. It wasn't they just... know him from Harry Potter, though. Yes. Wasn't yes. Wasn't he the Weasley M- Mr. Weasley. Weasley dad. Yes, Weasley dad. He was Weasley also, dad. Wasn't he also on a show where he was a crime-solving priest as well? Oh, my dad loves that. <laughs> Father Brown. Father Brown. Oh, right. oh my God. goodness. He loves that programme. Thanks, guys. That's great. Um... Just cutting you off there before we go off on one because we haven't got a lot of time and we've still got to do the random question. A random question. Right. Very quickly, and I've done some new ones. Oh, some new ones. So we're new ones. So we won't get the same one we've done right. before. Ready? Let's go. Six new ones. I keep looking at your T-shirt and thinking you just want to be John Snoor. John Snoor. Don't you? No. Sporting a very the news nice the newsreader. Watch Castle yes. Black. <laughs> yes. Or the former England cricketer right. of the nineteen seventies. <laughs> oh, good one. What have we got? Okay, when you came back from holiday, this is very apt for you, TC, having just returned from your holiday. Hasn't he got a nice please? tan? He looks like a clay tennis court. <laughs> It's a little bit David Dickinson. It won't last, don't worry. It's raining here, so... Come on. Uh, Right, so when you come back from your holiday, what was the one thing that meant you knew you were back in Reading? So so when when I used to go on holiday, when I was growing up in Bracknell, um, and we'd come home, because we'd have been down to Swanage or the South Coast or something like that for a couple of weeks. Yeah. So we'd come back and you'd be driving down the dual carriageway and then going into uh, Bracknell by the Sports Centre, if anybody knows it, coming off the M3, coming out that way. And you just, I just always knew it because I knew the formation of the hedgerow in the middle of the dual carriageway. And that was how I knew I was home. That's where this idea came from. Mine's not very interesting. I'm hoping yours might be. I'm sure... No, well, I spent... Not so much for a holiday, uh, more probably for work, but I spent a lot of time driving up and down to the north. Oh, yes. You like the north. I do like north. Uh, to Manchester and Liverpool. So coming back down the M6, M40, and then whenever I got kind of just before Oxford, sort of between Banbury and Oxford, on the right-hand side, there's like a tower thing. Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? You're not, you're not going through Oxford. Uh, on the M40. Yes. Sort of yes, there's that weird sort of clock tower, isn't yes. it? Yes. And there's a, you go over a bridge and there's a little clock tower, sort of weird thing in the middle. So oh, no, or is it on the left? It's on the right yeah, yeah, side yeah, yeah, back yeah, south. Yeah. Um, so when I go past that, I know I am approximately one hour from yes. home, having already been driving for about three. Yes, because so, of the traffic in the north. Yeah, up north. Yeah, it's a similar sort of thing. Um, I just remember as a kid, we used to go on holiday to the Lake District quite a lot. um, And leaving there, the drive home as a child, it's quite a long way. I think it's four hours drive anyway. But it just seemed to take so long. And the holiday, the two-week holiday had flown by in about (laughs) a day and a half. And the journey home took about five weeks. But I always remember like sitting there and just you're on the motorway looking out the window and thinking god this is boring and then all of a sudden you'd be a mile from home in in Graisley in Graisley <laughs> you come off the, suddenly come off the motorway without really realising and then as a child you don't really recognise anything I find you don't have any idea of geography and where things are but all of a sudden you think 
I know this, and then you're about a mile away from home, and you're <laughs> you're thinking, oh, I'm going to be home soon. And we always used to go on holiday in the last two weeks of August, so you'd have that feeling of, yeah, I'm not going to be in the car anymore, and you've sort of, sort of post-holiday, not being on holiday thing has been worn off from about eight, eight hours in the car or whatever, but then you suddenly realise it's school next week. Oh. And you've got to go back to school, and then you, then that's when you think that's I'm home, life is going back to normal now. It's going to be school in a few days. Oh, do you remember on a, on a downer? Yeah, do you remember just on a on I'm a, about to pick it up though. On a, a slightly odd tangent, after you do your GCSEs and then you go back to school for A level. Yes, do you remember how long? Yes, you have off. You have about. Three and a half months off. Yeah. Did anyone no, else have it where they got back to school and they start their A levels thinking, you know, this is a very serious time. Yeah. Blah blah blah. The A level's gonna be serious. And the first thing you do, you sit down in your first lesson, you've forgotten how to write. You haven't written anything <laughs> yeah. for, for like nearly four months after doing your GCSEs. Your teacher's not right. I bet people just get like that generally now, because people do everything either on a laptop, yeah. tablet, yeah. phone, like picking up a pen. I Actually, can't. writing is quite a rarity these days. What you'll find is, neither of you are journalists, but I'll tell you a little secret about being a journalist. We do shorthand. Yes. And if you ever find yourself in a situation where you need to write a full sentence without using shorthand, you find yourself unable to write very complicated <laughs> words like the. Oh, it's a <laughs> yeah. tricky one. You yeah. have to yeah. form proper words. In, in, in your 90% of your life, you use the, the symbol for the in your shorthand and then to actually have to write out the you have to think about how oh, you write the word the show me a few little shorthandy bits because I quite often like have a little sneak at James's notepad on his desk and think oh that's just well James yeah James's James's shorthand's pretty good from what I can see and it's also harder because he's left handed as well so it's, it's, oh, it's so, well, I'm a lefty too yeah it's a bit more difficult because mm. not everything. that I I don't need to write generally so no we need for shorthand as well thanks guys that was oh, great fun. Welcome, Good fun. Um, we'll be back next week. Um, in the meantime, here's Jeremy very quickly with how you can get in touch with us and tell us all about your Virgin Mega Store slash uh, Prudential slash whatever else it was we talked about because I've already forgotten memories. Um, hey. If you enjoy our prattlings about Reading, and if you've come this far, we assume you must be, please hit subscribe on your podcast app to get the latest episode every Monday morning. You can find us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Facebook and Instagram for Real Reading Podcast. You can also email getreading at reachplc.com. Thanks, Jeremy. Don't know why I said hey there. Just seemed like the right thing to say. Um, if you know anyone who you think would be great to interview for the podcast, we will be doing interviews again soon. Um, but please do let us know. The only prerequisite is they must live or work in the town. And most importantly, they must love Reading. Uh, that's all for now. We will speak to you again next week. Bye! Bye. You're listening to the Real Reading Podcast. We apparently live in a society where people who go to festivals need to be told that putting their sleeping bags down the toilet is not a, not a very good idea. Did you ever watch that programme uh, Hunted on Channel yes. 4? Yes, that Did was you see the yes. one where the guy came out of Reading Station yeah. and chased him all through Reading, yeah. all along the canal, and eventually caught him at the funny Yes, that was brilliant.